Bloody Elbow presents the Hey Not The Face podcast, the show that brings you the business side of combat sports, including contract review, financial analysis, fighter pay issues, and more. Hey Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, John S. Nash, joined by his producer, Steffi Haynes. Bloody Elbow podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to RevGear.com slash Bloody Elbow email sign up. Hello and welcome to Hey Not The Face with your host, John Nash, and your producer, me, Steffi Haynes. And today, this entire show is going to be about Big Francie, Francis Ngannou, who did amazing things last night. In my opinion, he won. I have watched it a second time. John, I know you watched it a second time and you had it somewhere as a draw or maybe Tyson Fury won. It was a joke of a fight. I knew Francis had no shots. So I skipped it. So I imagine he got killed. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually was going to skip it. And then people call me that it's Francis is doing good. And I, I had to get a, I, I don't want to see, say where I started watching it, but I started watching it and I had to go back and rewatch it because, uh, you know, I was, uh, big, I had a big smile on my face after that, but, Heck uh, yeah, I think we but, all did. Yeah. But I do, I, I, I weighing it, watching it. I do, I do give the nod, uh, to fury, but I could, if someone says they thought Francis won, I'm not going to argue because I thought it was that close, which is hilarious. Just to even say that it was that close a match. I thought there was rounds. You could flip a coin. Yes. So indeed. You know, and, there, and there were some ugly rounds, but there were some exciting moments too. So those rounds were so close that I guess some of them were a coin flip, but I could also some... imagine judges saying they just in their head, like there's no way Francis won that round. I, that, that, what I saw must've been an illusion because there's no way that guy did better. And mm-hmm. so then give it to fury. Yeah, that, that yeah. too. I personally thought he won though, but anyways, first question, I gotta know how much money do you think his excellency lost on this whole shebang? Uh, based on the celebrities and the show, all of it, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is bro- broke. They, they they can't pump enough oil to pay for that. <laughs> that they're done. Put a fork in it. No, I I don't know. It's uh yeah, they lost a ton. They I'm sure they paid a lot for those celebrities. People are not showing up just because they think it's gonna be a great vacation in Saudi Arabia. They're paying Eminem and all those guys a ton of money. So there's a small fortune spent on celebrities and the, and the show and the light. You know, they built that stadium just recently, didn't they? 60 days, but we all know how that stadium got built in 60 days. Yeah, they have some cost cutting methods they use that are I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, and I don't approve of. But they they still spent a ton. I'm sure that move, that event lost tens and and the purses were probably are outrageous. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as much as people say. Where you know people were throwing around 50 million for Tyson and 
and uh, forty some million, thirty or forty million for uh, Nganu, and I don't, I don't think it was that much for either of them. But it's still, it was tens of millions combined, and overall the event lost probably ten. Is it, even if it sold some, I don't think it did. I don't think the traffic shows that it's, it did gangbusters in the U.S. But I'm sure it sold something, but it didn't. It's not going to sell enough. It's they it lost tens of millions of dollars, but they don't care. It's a big, big ad to show what their next, what they can do in the future. A while back, we did an episode where we sort of had you go through and kind of figure out rough estimate what Francis would have made. Refresh us one more time for those that might not have heard that episode, what you think Francis made off that fight. Well, they he's they they said before Markel and Francis that he would make as much or more than he would make in his entire UFC contract. And if you look at what his UFC contract would have paid for a fight against Jones and a couple fights against you know title defenses against not Jones, uh, the the total amount paid I think estimated that uh, it actually been higher with pay per view and stuff, but the total amount would have been at least eighteen million. And that seems to be about the ballpark from other figures I heard. They, people were throwing around number 10 million, but I think they got that because Fury said 10 million and, and earlier people said he's going to get eight figures. So they took the minimum. But I, my understanding, he made more than that, but I don't think he made, I don't think he made 20 million or more. So somewhere in the, you know, somewhere in the teens of the millions seems like a fair guess. I remember distinctly the number 18 million floating around. Yeah, that's because yeah, we took the the min, uh, eight million for the Jones fight, which is what he's he supposedly was going to get paid eight million to fight Jones plus pay per view, and then against a non non Jones title defenses were going to be five to six million. So if you take the the, the minimum of that five million times by two ten plus Jones eight eighteen million, that's what he would have gotten his UFC contract as a minimum. What does that loss do for Ngannou? I mean, it's the definition of a of a victory and loss, you know, because he. Uh, even though he would have been a bigger deal if he won, definitely. And in some ways it hurts probably because he is out tens of millions of dollars. Uh, he's, he's still going to make a fortune, but tens of millions of dollars on top of what he would have made if he would have beat Fury because there would have been a demand for a match and you'd have a lot of leverage. And so that's got to hurt. But he is now suddenly, uh, not only is he a major star in combat sports, he is one of the biggest MMA fighters in the world. Right. His brand awareness has done nothing but grown since he left the UFC first with the, you know, the bidding war for him and the stories. Now, this his brand awareness is just much bigger than it ever was. And he's now a viable boxing opponent for major opponent boxers for for mega bouts. Right. He could rematch Fury. He can ask for a lot for that. Uh, So there's you know, he just got a lot of options on both fronts. The guy is standing in the, the perfect position of, of what any fighter wants to be his, his, you know, his values through the roof. How many people should be eating crow right now besides us? <laughs> well, I don't like we should be eating crow. We, we kind of walk, we, we were pretty, I think open about walking through what he could do. I remember I wrote an article. We did a whole episode in the past about his options and we kind of laid out it's a risk, but the I we thought I think we even said the it's worth the risk because the potential upside is so huge for him to leave the UFC. We I thought for sure he'd get a, a decent deal in MMA. He ended up getting a better one than I thought he would, but and I thought it'd be enough that would match anything the UFC was offering and ends up looking sounding like it was. But we said it was worth it because if he got one of these big blockbuster boxing matches, it would pay off. The risk would be worth it, and he ended up getting the Fury fight. And now he's in the, so I don't know, we should be eating crow. 
Uh, I guess the one crow we could eat is we, maybe we didn't give him a big enough chance in this fight. That's what yeah. I was going for right okay. there. Not okay. that we should be eating crow because we thought he couldn't do any of this stuff and make these deals because we always thought he could. But what we didn't think was that he could beat Tyson Fury. And yeah, that is well, where I and literally the entire community are eating crow. Well, I'm going to say since I never put it on the record that I picked him to to, to lose barely You're by, so by one round. You're so shit, right? Now. Yeah, I, I am, but still. Uh, but uh, this show is a financial show, so we don't have to offer our picks and and take eat crow for that. Our 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 financial what we say in the financial aspect of the world sphere is what we have to eat crow about, and that we are right here. But yeah, one thing I think is amazing. You remember everybody was making fun of those uh, open uh, open workouts he mm-hmm. was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing you know he's he's doing you know he's out hitting the pads and the mitts and stuff, and people are laughing how bad he looked. He he was trolling all of us, obviously. Mm-hmm. Because holy, he looked like a completely different person. So mm-hmm. I give him credit for doing that. But on the financial side, there's a lot of people that got to eat crow. Because oh, yes. I remember a lot of people saying it's stupid of him to leave the UFC. He's never going to make this kind of money. He's destroying his career. There's no boxing. He has no future in boxing. You know, they were saying all that. There were MMA fighters and, and MMA managers that were trying to talk him out of fighting out his contract, the UFC, because they, they were swearing you, you can't get out of your contract. You're misinterpreting it. You'll never make this kind of money except what the UFC is offering. And I wonder those people are now looking at themselves wondering, man, I, maybe I've been following the wrong advice for myself because Francis here ignored all whatever else was saying. And now he is making multiples what anybody else in his position in the UFC would have made. So what are his options in boxing going forward? Because, you know, we saw, uh, what's his name from WBC, Suleiman, say that um, he's going to be ranked Monday morning in the top 10. And probably rightfully so, based on that performance. Probably. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know what their guideline rules are supposed to say. I'd have to go through it again, but they seem to ignore their own guidelines a lot. So, (laughs) Uh, but uh, I mean, he's got a lot of options because... You put on this performance, uh, he needs basically one win to build up his, his name value again to get a rematch or to fight Usyk if Usyk beats Fury, right? There's also, there's big fights that will sell a lot that will pay him a lot of money, like against Wilder, against Joshua. Those are out there. And then there's even second-tier boxers. I mean, he could he could fight at Chisora, Derek Chisora. Andy Ruiz. A, Andy Ruiz, although if I'm I'm him, I kind of I think I stay away from Andy Ruiz. But that's um, a second tier boxer that brings in millions. It does, but he he brings in he doesn't bring as much as Wilder and Joshua. But he also you, he's not a monster, so you can't sell the monster aspect. But he's quick. He's really quick, mm-hmm. and he's gotten and that, really he's gotten in shape. Yeah, he's fast for a heavyweight. I don't know if that's the type of – I mean, I'd have to see Ngannou fight a, a few more times, but I think that's the right decision for him to take a guy like uh, like Ruiz. But, uh, you know, put him against Joshua and Wilder, and that sells just a, just like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be as big as Connor? Is he? Are we going to see some proper 12 Francis Ngannou type stuff? Are we going to see, uh, you know, a, a forged stout for Francis Ngannou? What can he do outside of, of the ring and outside well, of the cage? Well, I don't I don't see him doing that kind of stuff. I don't see him as being as big as Connor like that because I don't see him having that kind of that lifestyle impact where Connor had an image that every Yahoo that thought he was Irish would go out and pretend, you know. So but I do see him being a big deal and he might have 
especially like in Africa and certain parts of the world, he might have a massive endorsement pop, uh, possibilities there. Now, Africa is not as a continent. Most of the countries there do not have much money, but it's a vast billion people plus. So it's a huge market. So there's a possibility there. I, I just don't see that Conor McGregor type, but the, I think the, the door is open now for a lot of sponsorship possibility. Uh, and what's interesting, too, is because of his, you know, because he fought in the UFC and he's a known commodity from the UFC, even though in hindsight, because how big he is, the UFC did not do the job promoting him. They probably should have done. But because he has that, he's also a known commodity in America. And so he has, you know, he's known in America, he's known in France, and he's known in Africa, and probably will be known in uh, Middle East, North Africa, thanks to the Saudi connection. So he has uh, a good chance just to, to, to rake in a lot of sponsorship opportunities that were probably not available before. How about a book? I think his story is so interesting. I think they should write a book on him. His story is insane. It doesn't even sound real. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, a documentary they could do, a mm. movie. I mean, the one thing is, I don't know. As interesting people's stories are, and sometimes the most amazing stories, it's like how do you, who how do you cast someone to play him? Right. Yeah, <laughs> is he gonna play himself? Because no one looks like the guy's a monster, right? He's a just a chiseled, just a a perfect human being. You got that. That's the hardest part to find is someone to play him. So uh, the story, uh, yeah, it might be years down the future, but his story is absolutely amazing. I don't know how you. I don't know you cash it, but I would love to, yeah, I would read a book. I mean, when he talks about it in interviews, mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, he has probably the, the most amazing story in MMA. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. So was that fight bad for boxing? Was it good for MMA? Was it bad for MMA? What was that fight? Put it in perspective. Well, a lot of boxing fans are nervous and do now think it's bad because their heavyweight champion almost lost to an MMA fighter in his first boxing match. They, and, you know, and a lot of fans were watching and were upset because they thought Ngannou won. And so I, you put all that together and a lot of people think this was bad for boxing. I don't think it was bad for boxing, though, because for the simple fact is Ngannou's not leaving boxing, right? It, it'd be one thing he came in, had this fight uh, as like a UFC fighter, and then was leaving to go back to the UFC, and then UFC fans could boast about it and rub it in all the time, right? But, uh, you, I mean, one thing is Dana White burned the bridges with them, right? They left on bad terms. So the UFC can't embrace Ngannou's performance. That's one. So they can't get taunted by the UFC fans to boxing. The other thing is Ngannou's going to stick in boxer. He is now a boxer. So boxing gains... Uh, they gain a, a new attraction in boxing, right? And they gain some potential big fights. So, and and Ngano, because of the MMA background, is going to bring fans and that probably don't normally tune in to boxing matches. You know, uh, the, the boxing MMA fans obviously will, but there are, I mean, only 10% of MMA fans or boxing fans cross over. So that's a, a very large audience in MMA that you can now bring into boxing you know, get them to maybe like the sport more or whatever. And so I think it's a positive for boxing. You what know, about but MMA? MMA, it's, I don't think it's bad because it's good in the sense that uh, MMA fighter did well, but it's not as good as it would be if, if he was coming back to MMA right away and, you know, MMA could kind of like use that and to, to like, Oh, look how better MMA fighters are. Cause for all practical purposes, it looks like in Ghana going forward, even though he says he still wants to fight MMA, going forward, it looks like he's going to be a boxer more than an MMA fighter. I got a question for you. Mookie yes. said something to me last night. He said that 
if the UFC hadn't been so bullheaded that maybe they could have worked out something with Francis. But basically, this all wor- comes down to the fact that if they just let him box, if they'd let him have his boxing matches, if, if they'd said yes, they could have made a small fortune here because maybe it wouldn't have been held in Riyadh. Maybe the UFC could have promote, co-promoted with uh, Queensberry or with Top Rank, ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. Could that have happened and, and would they have made a, a tidy fortune the same way they did with Connor when he fought Floyd? To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us. <laughs>